This is a podcast by The Business Times. Welcome to Podcast by The Business Times. I'm your host, Howie Lim. Now, given consistency is one of the most important attributes of fund performance, going into quality investing, which aims for performance consistency across different market conditions and investment cycles, should be a no-brainer. Question is, when though? And shouldn't current volatile conditions still be taken into consideration? We're speaking again to John Capetta, Head Private Banking, Asia Advisor for 91, for more insights into quality investing. This episode is brought to you by 91. John, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Howie. It's a pleasure to be back with you again. So the last time we spoke about quality investing, you had some pretty clear definitions, pretty clear lines as to how we would look at quality investing. So let's talk about why you should do it now. I imagine actually we should have gotten into it yesterday, but we're facing some uncertainties, right? Inflation, rising interest rates, geopolitical tensions, COVID variants. So quality equity should be a core allocation to any portfolio, right? Absolutely. Especially for those couple of reasons that you just mentioned, is that why we're going out there and suggesting that quality should be the new core allocation for clients' portfolios. Quality truly counts when investing in uncertain times majority of the time we are investing in uncertain times. In the markets, this is what we call, you know, the markets are always climbing the wall of worry. So as you rightly mentioned, we have rising interest rates, high levels of inflation, volatility. So stock investors can no longer just follow the herd. Following the herd has probably worked for the past five, 10 years, but we know the markets go through cycles. What worked in the past 10 years might not necessarily work as we move forward in the next five, 10 years. But we still see investors that continue to allocate to previous cycle winners, which were, let's say, high growth tech with lousy balance sheets. And even traditional fixed income could be a broken asset class. You know, there's certainly a conundrum when it comes to how investors should be allocating when it comes to fixed income. But what we need to do now is investors need to ask themselves or their investment advisor the following question. What is an effective way to generate positive long-term performance in tough market conditions? Or how should they position their portfolios for the new market cycle that's upon us? So when it comes to allocating to quality and why we suggest quality is a new core, the key is to take a highly differentiated approach to the traditional benchmarks. This can help investors avoid the pitfalls of becoming over-reliant on a relatively limited number of well-known tech names that have dominated and continue to dominate the globally followed indices such as the MSCI World and the S&P 500. So to achieve what we're looking for quality or why we think quality is a viable option is that the companies that we invest in, the companies that we perform research on and hold for long periods of time, these companies possess enduring competitive advantages that enable them to deliver long-term structural growth. This makes them resilient during times of economic stress due to their revenues being repeatable, so on and so forth. But more importantly, they have the ability to generate cash flows regardless of the macro backdrop. They could potentially outperform the wider market with an opportunity to pay out dividends. So that is one reason why you know, we're going to continue to pound the table and say, you know, quality should be the new core. <laughs> Maybe relax there, John, one thing at a time. <laughs> I think we need a refresher on the definitions of quality companies, though, because we talked about this the last time, and it sounds like it could be quite extensive, that list. I remember it being quite long. And what about bad and good growth? We're hearing some things about that as well. True. 
So just as a refresher, there's a couple of components that we use or classify quality companies. And just three of them that I think sort of resonate in this current market environment going forward. Key attributes that help quality companies expand is going to be free cash flow. During a crunch, quality companies can potentially suspend buybacks as they have not been reliant on borrowing to buy back shares or drive earnings per share growth. And when conditions do improve, they can easily reinvest to be quick out of the blocks. We also want capital light. During inflationary periods, lower quality, high capital intensive companies with high fixed cost bases may struggle when reinvesting in buildings and machinery, let's say, whereas quality companies have historically had to spend less to generate revenue. And another area or sectors that we tend to avoid when it comes to quality is we tend to avoid banks, telecoms, resources, utilities, industrials, which we sort of classify more as cyclical. So as we sort of move into this next market cycle, we think we want to sort of have a lesser weighting to cyclicals and more of those areas, more of those companies or sectors where we could find individual companies that possess the quality attributes that we look for. So if this list is kind of long, this next list is looking shorter and shorter, though, because if there are certain things that we shouldn't be looking into, where then can investors find long-term growth themes within quality, John? Yeah. I think it's time where, as we move forward here, there's an old saying that when the tide comes in, it lifts all boats. That has worked extremely well over the past five, 10 years. Investors are going to have to realize that going forward, it truly is most likely going to become a stock picker's market. I like to use a little antidote here. And since familiar with Singapore, when we go to a wet market or when we go to a coffee shop or even go to a shopping mall, We're not going into these places and we're not visiting every single stall. We typically go into these places and we're going to familiar markets or familiar outlets that we're comfortable with because one, we've been there before. We know they offer good quality products. History tells us that they've been there for a long time and they're going to continue to be there as we move forward. And same thing with a shopping mall. And first timers are going to go to the stall with the longest line. Yes, they might go to the stall with the longest line, or they will go to the stall that they ask friends about or colleagues, and they said, yes, you have to try this. We're not going into the wet market to buy the entire wet market. We're going to our favorite stalls or where people suggested we should look. Same thing when it comes to our healthcare, Howie. We're not just going to open up the internet and the first doctor we see is going to say, okay, I'm going to go with that. No, we're going to pay for quality. We want to make sure we're getting the best advice that we can because our health is extremely important. When it comes to clients' investable assets, when it comes to their portfolios, they they need to take that same type of mindset that you want to make sure that you're associated with or you're becoming a shareholder of those companies that we have found that we continue to be long-term investors in that are going to be able to generate revenues, that are going to be able to produce over the longer term, because you really need to sort out, you need to sift through these markets now and say, I can no longer just take an index. I truly need to drill in to see who is going to be able to provide us, provide me as a shareholder with those long-term quality attributes that we are going to need as we continue to move forward in this new market cycle. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. 
We're speaking to John Capetta, Head Private Banking, Asia Advisor at 91 today, for more insights into quality investing and why the time is now. So John, let's talk about this stock pickers market like you were saying, and all of those risks that we're facing now with inflation, rising interest rates. That list seems to be getting long too. So what do you see as the risks that investors should really be focusing on? And can quality really navigate these risks and negate these risks even? Risks that clients face is, in my opinion... Dime a dozen? Yeah, risks that clients, risks that investors <laughs> face, in my opinion. First and foremost, not having a well-thought-out long-term investment plan. You know the old saying, fail to plan, plan to fail. Investors, in my humble opinion, turn over their portfolio way too often. This could be to bad investment advice or their own self-directed fear. Many investors, many advisors, they love to quote Warren Buffett, but that's all they do. They just quote him. They don't actually follow his advice and his disciplined investment process that made him a legend on Wall Street. So yes, there's always going to be concerns that we have to navigate. There's always going to be a wall of worry. It makes sense because we are coming into a new market cycle for all the concerns that you laid out before. Past 10 years, we've had such accommodative central banks who put trillions of dollars into the market, into liquidity, that lifted all boats. But now, as we as this liquidity starts to come out of the market, you really have to start to peel back the onion to see which one of these companies benefited from that liquidity and who are going to pay dearly when that liquidity is removed and which companies, which areas, which sectors, which style should be able to plow through regardless of the scenarios that we're going to see as we move forward. So it sounds like almost, John, once you've identified those quality companies to invest in, once you're into quality investing as you define it, just hold the line. Hold. The rest of what's happening is noise. The, every single day, we are bombarded with noise. You cannot get away from it. It's on our smartphone. It's on the radio. It's on the TV. You're talking to friends. There is so much noise. One of the hardest things to do as an investor, Howie, is to try and block out that noise. But there's an area where you could trade the noise. There's an area where you have to avoid the noise. When it comes to quality investing and the type of companies we're trying to identify, that is your core. Block out all the noise from your core and say, these are fantastic companies, terrific management teams, healthy balance sheets, good times, bad times. I'm going to ride this out. But we also know that investors also have their core, but they have their satellite positions, you know, where they're trying to be a little bit more tactical. No problem if you want to move around the outside of your of your core, you want to trade some satellite ideas, let the core work for you over time. You will be successful over time. There's too many people who are trying to be short-term traders, looking at charts, graphs, technicals. You could do that for certain asset classes or a part of your portfolio, but let the core equity component of quality companies work in your favor. And when you say core, 60-40, that's always been the equation that's bounced around. That's up to each individual investor right? You know, in terms of where they are in uh, their lifestyle, their lifestyle you know, how far away they're from retirement or if they're retired or if they're young, middle-aged. They have to look at themselves and say, okay, how do I want to sort of be positioned here? But you can even argue that maybe the next 5, 10 years, 60-40 might not be a viable solution. 
because of where we're going with higher rates in the U.S. We've already seen a lot of emerging markets increase their rates. So that's why I mentioned that, you know, fixed income is a little bit of a conundrum right now. Over the past 30 years, 40 years, interest rates, the U.S. 10-year treasury has only gone in only gone in one direction. And that's from high rates to where we are at almost zero rates at one point in time. And that is starting to turn. So the 60-40, that's going to be up to each individual investor to sort of digest and figure out if that still worked for them. As long as they have a well-thought-out long-term investment plan, it should be able to work with them with small changes around the edges, maybe not too much in their core holding. I think, John, for the ANSIA investor, we have to give them something to worry about or think about, but difficult for them to sit back and go, hold the line and forget about it. Don't listen to the noise. Very so true. let's talk about maybe the benefits of active fund management versus passive fund management. Because you know what? Market volatility, uncertain global fiscal policy environment, that's worrying people. But this comes back to a couple of my earlier comments that you have to digest and you have to be able to navigate where we're going as we move forward. We like to say, know what you own and why you own it. If an investor can look at their portfolio and go line by line from a top-down asset allocation point of view to those areas or investments that are filling in these different asset classes, if they could sit back and say, I know why I own this, and I'm happy to continue to own it as we go forward. But when it comes to passive, these passive managers, they don't know what they're owning because they just have to mimic the index that they're following. So they can hold a whole bunch of different investments in there, whether it's equities, 60-40, bonds, and they are handcuffed to own these because that's what the index holds. And again, the winds are changing. You're going to have to sort of be able to look at all these individual asset classes, all of these individual securities that you may hold, and say, does it make sense to hold these as we move forward? And why am I holding these? We know the companies we own because in most cases, we have been long-term shareholders. If you find good quality companies, Howie, we don't have to have significant turnover. We know the management teams. They have proven themselves in the past during times of turbulence or uncertainty. So if you can find a good portfolio, portfolio of companies of some of the highest quality companies globally, you're halfway there. So understand the companies you own, be long-term shareholders, and let the power of compounding work for you. That's what concerns me about portfolio turnover. You know, One of the wonderful things about investing, Howie, is the power of compounding, but you're not going to be able to compound if you don't hold on to it for the longer term. So we definitely seek to compound attractive returns And in most cases, we're investing in companies, quality companies are going to kick out a nice dividend or they're going to be dividend growers, which will work over a long-term investment cycle for clients. John, we have to talk about, though, this thing that's come to the fore very much so in the last couple of years, responsible investing, ESG and such. How does that tie in with this quality approach? Sustainability has over time become fully embedded in the 91 quality investment philosophy and our research process. We are typically long-term shareholders, which provides us with longer-term engagement with our portfolio of quality companies. This is a good fit given the competitive advantages associated with sustainably-minded business model that allocates cash flow in a way that is aligned with other key stakeholders, not just shareholders. 
So yes, sustainability, responsible investing, ESG, it is you know extremely important these days. It's certainly becoming more important here for individual investors in Asia who also want to be responsible, want to be sustainable. Sustainability has always been a very important part of our DNA, and we understand it, and it is fully embedded in our quality investment process. All right. It's always a pleasure speaking to you, John. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Howie. Always enjoy these conversations with you. John Capetta is from 91. He's the head of private banking, Asia advisor there. This episode is brought to you by 91. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.